0: Of all the battles Loken had fought at his commander's side, that was the fiercest, the saddest, the most vicious. Teeth bared in the firelight, swinging his blade at the foe on all sides, Horace seemed more noble than Loken had ever known. He would remember that moment years later when fate had played its cruel trick and sense had turned upside down. He would remember Horace, Warmaster, in that narrow firelit street, defining the honor and unyielding courage of the Imperium of Man. There should have been frescoes painted, poems written, symphonies composed, all to celebrate that instant when Horace made his absolute statement of devotion to the throne and to his father. There would be none. The hateful future swallowed up such possibilities, swallowed the memories, too, until the very fact of that nobility became impossible to believe. Welcome to Anomalous Readings. I am, uh, Warmaster Nora, joined by Primark Jackson.
1: Hello, that's me. Oh, you're gonna have to come up with different goofy bits every time?
0: (laughs) Alright. We'll get new titles every time, it'll be fun. So,
1: so sick. Welcome everyone!
0: Welcome, new podcast!
1: Brand new podcast. Don't ignore the fact that it's like the 10th, 13th episode (laughs) in the feed. Um... But uh, it is technically the new podcast. Welcome to episode one of Anomalous Readings. Uh,
0: we're here to read, but sp- i almost said Star Wars books. That's not true. <laughs> no, that's is not true, true. At some point. Um, um, but we're here to read science fiction.
1: We are here to read science fiction. Yeah, we will be reading uh some sci-fi books every every month is the aim. Uh, and this is just a podcast where we we wanted to read more sci-fi. We wanted to like go in different directions. Uh, so we'll be like. Balancing uh classic sci-fi books with fun space fantasy tie-in novels that are licensed, you know, it's it's a broad it's a broad genre. Uh, I deliberately wanted to start with uh a like interesting licensed book a lot of people have read that wasn't Star Wars.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um uh, and also but, it's gonna be a little bit different from a lot of the other stuff we're gonna read, at least for the foreseeable future.
1: Uh yeah. Um but it's also not that different than some other things, you know. It's still within, <laughs> perfectly within the, the genre. Uh, we, for this episode, read the very first book in the Warhammer Forty Thousand Horus Heresy series, uh, Horus Rising by Dan Abnett. Uh, and that's, right. that's what we read. Uh, we had a good time, and we're here to talk talk to you about the book. It's it's interesting. There's a lot of weird things going on.
0: A lot of weird things going on. <laughs> this um, is my first Warhammer book I've read.
1: Yeah, before we summarize the book, should we just briefly just set the table of our experience with Warhammer? Because I feel like that'll cl- like, uh, cloud a lot of yeah. the discussion.
0: Yeah, um, I have always kind of maintained a vague but distant interest in Warhammer. Um, I used to own some minis that I bought, because I tried to do it. I tried to u- like use painting miniatures as like a th- project for a college class one time. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't actually finish that class or the project. Um it's I've just always thought it looked kind of neat, but uh outside of playing one session of Rogue Trader, the tabletop RPG, mm-hmm. like a decade ago, I've never directly engaged with it. Although I did play StarCraft, so that's kind of like being into Warhammer.
1: It's basically the same thing. It is crazy that Blizzard just has fake Warhammer and <laughs> fake Warhammer Forty K.
0: Like they have both of them. Yeah. What about you?
1: Uh, so I've never played any Warhammer. Um, I was about to say obviously, but I have no, no experience with tabletop. Those around people who did. Um. I went on holiday on like a PGL camp, like a you know one of those activity holidays for teenagers, right? Do wall climbing and what have you. And I met a guy there who I looked up to and thought was cool in the way you do when someone's slightly older than you as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, and he recommended to me two things. Uh, he recommended to me this Warhammer omnibus that I don't know what it was. Maybe you will know, listener, uh, if you have any Warhammer familiarity. But it was like. This trilogy is amazing. It's like about this guy who's the coolest commander ever, but it's also kind of a parody about how goofy and stupid he is. It felt very epic, bacon, uh, mid 2000s cool guy nonsense. That
0: that would be Caiaphas Cain. I believe you might be fucking right. (laughs) (laughs) That is the second most popular book series that I'm aware of behind Horus Heresy. It's um, a little more lighthearted. And I believe the the thing is that, like, the main character is kind of a scummy coward and doesn't actually want to be in any of the adventures that he's on. Okay, yeah, that's what the
1: absolutely Kaifus like. Kane, Hero of the Imperium Omnibus. This is yes. fully the book I saw. Nora, you're a genius. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that was one thing he recommended to me. Uh, I did not take him up on that. He also recommended to me that I watch Code Geass. Uh, and on this day, Ooh. my path... My path was set as I, you know, came home <laughs> for this whole day, and instead of buying a Warhammer book, uh, I decided to um, uh, watch Code Geass. He sold me on Code Geass, by the way, by describing the the cliffhanger of the end of the final se- of the first season. Was the, <laughs> was the thing that was the thing that he was like, "Oh, it's so cool. This thing happens at the end." Um, and now I find that like a, a, that wouldn't be what I would say to anyone. Just anyway, but this is um, uh, so that's 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 like. The kind of guy I associate Warhammer with, I was also friends with my friend Jamie for many years, who was um, uh, more into it than me. I don't know exactly how much, but he definitely had Warhammer books and would recommend some to me that I never read. <laughs> um, so I just know it off as like being off to the side. Uh, and one of those interests uh, that is like occupied by the cool, slightly cooler, older guys that aren't, weren't actually cool. You were just young as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um I knew a lot of them, the, the guys who were into Penny Arcade and stuff like yeah.
0: that. You know, I I, I spent a lot of time around people who were really into Warhammer, and mm-hmm. like I understand a lot of the memes mm-hmm. and like the the jokes that people inside of that fandom tell. But I I never had the direct like textual experience with Warhammer until uh, I read this book.
1: Yeah, and that's the same for me. In that I I had like i know of what space marines are and i know vaguely what chaos is i know there are orcs and in 40k they're orcs with a k Um,
0: yeah
1: like i know the like ideas of some of the factions i guess uh like you know i know there's the god emperor but Mm -hmm. not the one from dune the one from warhammer (laughs) the imperium of man um but i don't know what any of those terms mean I don't know any of the like history beyond some space marine I I can Does the word
0: Necron mean anything to you?
1: Yeah, those were some of the, the guys in um, Dawn of War that I killed. They're green, I mean,
0: right? Uh they're like the robot pharaohs, yeah. Sure, they whatever. Green. They got like uh razor gamer LEDs.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. I guess I vaguely remember them aesthetically, but I know nothing about like who they are or what they represent. Uh eh. my Uh, well that is to say when i come in to read the Horus heresy books i don't know what the Horus heresy is i know that Uh this is a prequel and we're like significantly before i think this is 30k um and obviously we're at the 40k point in warhammer 40k and there are some things that happen in this book that i'm like that i think that's like meant to be a notable deviation but because i'm not as familiar with warhammer 40k this book is hitting me an interesting interesting ways it's like it's not normally the context like i come into a book because i'm such a release order fucko um mm-hmm. i don't normally pick up a franchise book and have to like infer a lot of stuff that the they assume the reader knows but in this case that's what i'm doing because i didn't i didn't you know i've never read a warhammer thing i i genuinely don't know uh, so it was an interesting different experience for me
0: yeah i i googled like the last thing the last sentence in this book is like oh I was listening to the audiobook and they're like, oh, where are we going next? And Loken is like, oh, some small moon called Davin and like, it w- the music is swelling and I'm like, is that a thing?
1: Should I, <laughs> should I know that? Just, he does just say, I'm going off to the, this new planet. I'm like, I genuinely have never heard of that, so uh doesn't, doesn't mean anything to me. Um,
0: uh, I was trying to glance over this summary to see when... Yeah, it's the 31st millennium, but uh, it doesn't give me any more detail than that. I guess it doesn't uh, matter. It doesn't really matter.
1: Um, so yeah, that's our like background going into Warhammer 40k. Would you like to hit me with a short summary uh, as short to what happens? Short
0: summary of Horus Rising.
1: Horus Rising. The Seeds of Heresy
0: uh, are sown. The Seeds of Heresy are sown. So part one is the Deceived. We start off with a battle where the uh, 63rd Expedition Fleet has come across a planet, uh, or rather a solar system of nine planets, and on the third one, there's a guy who calls himself the Emperor of Humanity. And they're like, well, that's not right, because that's We've got that guy.
1: That's us. That's our guy. Yeah,
0: (laughs) we've got that. So, um... They commence a big invasion because the um, fake emperor kills Sejanus, one of the uh, an an envoy sent down to negotiate. There's a big war, and Horus comes in and he kills the fake emperor. Eventually, Um, yes, that's sort of the 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 instigating incident, and then the rest of this act is. The aftermath of that and sort of everyone trying to mop up the remnants of resistance on this planet by going on another big uh, fight. What is it called? A mission. They're called missions. (laughs) Uh, They go in and like attack the last remaining resistance there. And when they're in there, Loken has to kill another space marine which has, which never happens because he's gone crazy and he thinks that his name is Samus and it's that's not his name <laughs>
1: it's so funny he keeps saying I'm Samus The Samus is my name <laughs> and I'm like I understand this is just a name you've picked out uh, for this like weird death god chaos in infection that's happening here uh, but that name's taken in sci-fi yeah. uh-huh. especially in nerd sci-fi shit <laughs>
0: So Xavier Dribal is this guy. He keeps screaming, Samus is here, and then attacks some guy. He kills a couple of the space marines, and Logan has to kill him. And afterward, uh, his body, back on the ship, his body sort of, like, re-vi- revive, revives. Um, <laughs> yes. And sort of morphs into this weird demon, and they have to fight him. And Loken's pretty fucked up about it, but then Horus is like, "No, it's chill. You can call it a demon if you want, as long as we understand that demons aren't actually real and we're just using a metaphor." Because yes. Because there's there's a lot of ideology in the in the uh, Imperium. Uh,
1: yes. Because he's like, "Oh, sorry, I, I didn't tell you about uh, the warp." Um, this <laughs> the is warp. just we also. I by the way, I know exactly what this is, but I, I just don't tell anyone about it. It's chill though.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, Meanwhile, there are a number of remembrancers who are basically chroniclers, Journalists! Yeah, journalists, <laughs> kind of. Propagandists. Um, uh, I
1: guess chroniclers is probably the best thing, because it's all, it's dealing in, like, fancy tropes of how uh, this society works. Yeah. So they, like, compose myths of the, the deeds of the Imperium.
0: And uh, they're being sent out with the great crusade to sort of like chronicle the exploits of humanity as they reach out into the stars to reconnect with the lost colonies scattered throughout the galaxy um we get a lot of scenes with some of these guys and they're not all directly relevant to the like the battles we
1: we can go into it we'll just do the quick summary first
0: I'm losing track of the summary at this point. I've just completely <laughs> lost the plot.
1: Okay, well the 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 remembrances are on the planet and they're like uh I mean your main perspective character is a uh, K- Karski. What's his name? Karski? Uh Carcassy. Carcassy, okay, yes. Um and he comes. he like walks around uh the uh the wasteland of this city and it's like we've bombed these guys into submission. They they and like their their crime was having a different emperor, but culturally they did basically agree with us about everything. They just had a di- they just had a fake emperor. We totally could have like done a better job at integrating this invasion. We and now they're now they're really gonna hate us because we bombed them to shits. Um, and then he turns to the camera and he says, "This book is about the Iraq War." Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs>
0: that's kind of what's going on with him. Uh, it is two thousand six. <laughs>
1: And it's 2006. This book is so about the Iraq war, it's crazy. Uh so that's what's going on with him. And that's kind he of He like, also
0: start. he gets super drunk and uh yes. starts saying all emperors em, all empires eventually fall and a bunch of soldiers kick the shit out of him.
1: Yes, because uh he's he's done some materialism. Uh then the only other uh that really matters is uh what's her name? Euphrates.
0: Uh oh, I thought you meant Mercedes.
1: Uh, Mercedes as well. Uh, I guess Euphrates like a um an iterator, I guess. because uh, she's taken the pics.
0: Euphrates um, is Euphrates. the one who accidentally takes a picture of the Kila. demon.
1: Euphratie Keela, yes. She's the one that takes a picture of the demon um and gets fucked up about that. Uh whereas the other one, what was her name again? The third the third one's name. Uh
0: Mercedes Oliver. Mercedes Oliver All is,
1: is Yes. Is Lokan's like personal uh, remembrancer, and is recording all of his deeds into history. Um, we kind of get the setup. These are the things that are set up in Act One. Uh, Act Two, they go to a world that they name Murder, which is really corny. I, I, this is a bad choice because they they do this a lot. Um, where where they have like poorly sent a bunch of like a different regiment of Space Marines that aren't as cool as, as Horace's guys. Um, have the sent Blood in Angels. Yeah, the Blood Angels and the, the uh sons of the Emperor, uh the children of the Emperor, have sent in too many guys to fight these fucked up spider guys that you know, straight up out of um uh Starship Troopers and they're like just perfect killing machines you can't reason with them you can't argue with them no one understands how to deal with them but they sent in too many guys so instead of bombing them from orbit and just wiping them all out that would be their like normal plan they have to go in and do a six month long war to mop this whole thing up uh the bulk of the plot is about the way that horace uh, the war master uh uses loken and his other mornivals, like his lieutenants as like political tools to discipline the other parts of the army without pissing them off so they rebel. Uh, it's all about his like nuanced leadership of the army, uh, and eventually resolves as another ship arrives uh, from the the uh, the ite the iterex the iterex What are they? What's their name? Do you have that uh, up?
0: Yeah, it is. Well, I don't see any bolded hyperlinked words in this paragraph. Yeah, Interrex.
1: Interrex, um, who are also, just like the people from the start of the book, uh, an- another human culture. Um, uh, unlike an the, uh, the original human culture, they're not like a splinter of the Empire that's just like tried to get a different leader. Uh, they departed long before the Imperium of Man was established. They went into space. They've evolved differently. They have a complete different understanding uh, of the world. And this... Uh, Someone is in a climax where they meet this this like new civilization and all of their doctrines say well anyone who any humans that don't believe in the emperor em- empire uh must be crushed like the the emperor is their right is absolute uh if they don't like agree with us we have to wipe them out um and horace says that's not true that can't be true that would just exhaust all our resources and be useless uh we must find a way to um like, form an alliance with these people. The, our tenants say, if we interpret the tenants like liberally and correctly, uh, that all of humanity must be brought under one leader, which is the emperor. Uh, but there's no, the tenants do not specify that you have to do that through annihilation. You can do that by becoming friends with them and then like, uh, just through cultural influence absorbing you into one thing over time. Um, he doesn't want to like start an immediate war. Uh, but through the negotiations, they're all, they're like, they're held at uh arm's length. It is revealed uh that is because the interact are aware of the chaos of the like what the true nature of the warp is uh which is this weird primal corrupting force uh of pure unreasonable violence you can't like stop it or argue against it uh and understandably, having met the fucking space marines, just thought they were already <laughs> infected with chaos um in a moment where it seems like this understanding is about to be breached, uh, and they like, this union can be, can be finally like put down, um, officially, uh, a fight breaks out somewhere, uh, like a weapon like is stolen and they're accused of being agents of chaos and a war like breaks out, uh, on the Interx planet, uh, Horace and Loken are furious because they were just like chatting. I didn't really know <laughs> what was going on. And suddenly in a different part of the planet, uh, this war breaks out and as the war is happening horace looks away from his brief flirtation with peaceful ways and becomes the heroic leader uh given that there is nothing else to, like the cause is already lost i guess there is um, only war there is only war it's meant to be a big tragic thing uh as he tragically and his uh, accepts his destiny the big change that happens is that as a result of this Uh, he accepts the new title of the 63rd legion or the 16th legion um are changed from just like that generic title to the sons of Horus. uh and meanwhile elsewhere in the ship uh Uh, keeler uh witnessing the chaos starts to worship the emperor as a god and new holy roots of uh the future 40k universe are laid down um, and that's, that's the book. That's, that's the whole story.
0: The, the reason that the misunderstanding happens is because after the spider planet, they picked up a new guy whose name was Erebus. Yes. Um, uh, from the word bearers. And he was, he comes in, he beats everybody in a duel in like the training room. So, you know, he's really cool. Uh, and then at the end, you're like post credits is that he stole a sentient magic sword from the InterX, And that's why they're so upset because he's evil
1: yes he's uh just uh bad news (laughs) they picked up a new guy who's not one of their brothers
0: (laughs) yeah he he shows up to make a request of i guess horus from like his chapter i think is in another part of the galaxy doing stuff and he's like i need to ask you for things but I can see you're busy, so I'm going to hold back and help you out with this situation, and then I'll get your ear later.
1: Uh, he is just like suspicious guy walks in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> His name is Erebus. <laughs> it's true. When it's, when it's doing
1: the end and horror, like, what could have happened then it's like, reveals Erebus was the one who stole the thing and broke the <laughs> truth. from
0: the word bearers. <laughs> That's pretty sinister to me.
1: Erebus. Is the god of a dark region of the underworld and the personification of darkness. No way, dude. That's in that's in Greek history, by the way. Not have well, a forty k for the <laughs> for those listening. I was just googling to make sure. I, I knew like he was a bad news Greek reference. I didn't know the specific thing, so I was googling to make sure of that. I just wanted to clarify that's what was going on there. um so yeah, uh, where do we want to begin when talking about *A Horse Heresy*? Because I think it's a really interesting book, especially with no broader context of, um, like Warhammer.
0: Uh, I f- didn't realize that um, the diff the big difference between this and the current sort of status quo is the way that the Empire handles religion. Yes, where in the future it's all, like, theocracy and the worship of the emperor is, like, expected and demanded and here it's pretty much the opposite of, like, there's this, like, supreme secularism, uh, like, it, the the rational light of truth, you know, burning in the darkness of the universe. Um. This is the
1: stuff I found the most interesting, um, mm-hmm. but in a way that, like, conflicts with the little details I know about Warhammer and um at least the way that the end of the book uh seems to uh take things uh in that the whole thing's about how like the <laughs> the um uh Astartes or Astart Astartes, I don't know how to pronounce that exactly Ast- it's, Astartes. It, Astartes. Um are all like Reddit bros. They're all like Reddit atheists. Uh <laughs> and with the power of logic and reason will conquer the galaxy. It um, is the
0: moral imperative to bring truth to the ignorant.
1: Yeah. This
0: is what I, the iterators say.
1: What I liked about this was, like, in its premise, as they go on about how evil religion is, but they just have the most dogmatic uh, beliefs imaginable, um, mm-hmm. it worked as, like, a base-level um, exploration of how, in the, you know... The Reddit atheists with their beliefs, uh, especially as we can see, this is written in 2006, but like, in 2006, I promise you, atheism was huge. To be taken seriously in any, like, intellectual mm-hmm. way, you were probably a fucking atheist uh, in a way that was, like, kind of annoying and overbearing, but more normalized than it is now, because from those spaces, right, you get the next 15 years of weird, this, like, pivots into a strange um, right-wing dogma, and you're like, you know, they lost a lot of people, because if either they became fascist or they'd like drop the whole act entirely because you know, the vibes are off. Um, yeah. And I liked it as like, there's no difference between the religion that these people, these people look down on uh, and their own thing. They just say their thing is secular to like, as like a point of difference. They, they, but what they mean is our religion is correct. Um,
0: <laughs> there's a whole scene where a guy uh, is, uh, what the fuck is his name? It's like Cinderman. Uh, Yes. He's, like, giving a lecture to a bunch of um, people, and he's he concludes with, like, I am right, therefore you are wrong. We don't say this because, you know, we're stronger. We say this because we know it's true.
1: Yeah. And which is just... <laughs> which is the end of the argument. And, yeah. And, like... I like that as a premise, but the, the part that confuses me, and I don't quite have a read on just from this book alone, um, cause there's so much like surrounding material, uh, and, uh, I'm interested in it is I don't get the choice other than it is just an inevitable like prequel story of what they're doing by showing this like logical <laughs> this this like secular haven of logic falling to corruption through religion like i don't know i don't understand what the difference is meant to be
0: <laughs> i like, don't know
1: what's the difference between the way that the Astades talk about their brothers and the way that uh um what's uh what's a face talks about like the god the god emperor <laughs> you know um and i guess ultimately the conclusion is like this was a moment in which things could have gone differently. Yes. Um,
0: there's a lot of little exchanges where it feels like, oh, that almost went somewhere somewhere different. And not just like at the end, but like I remember having that feeling at the beginning as well, and like just the way that Loki like it 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 does even as somebody who doesn't have like a perfect understanding of the current status quo of Warhammer, I kind of like mm. like the vague idea. I can still feel the dramatic irony. Yes, um, and I like it. It's really fun. I do yeah. also like the Star Wars prequels.
1: <laughs> the thing for me, the, the thing that's interesting for me, um, and it, this is definitely a Star Wars prequel, similar thing, but in a different way. Of the Star Wars prequel, is read by a lot of people as the fall of a golden age when the Republic fucking suck. This is mm. about the fall of uh, a fascist empire into being a different kind of fascist empire
0: <laughs> yes
1: um and, and i because don't necess-
0: all of the guys with power are immortal it everything is on a way way bigger scale
1: yeah i don't necessarily know how i feel about it and i don't mean that in a critical way i find it interesting um mm-hmm. but it definitely it is definitely the story of like a bunch of fascists all waking up and thinking, and like discovering independently that like early two thousands liberalism m- might be a better idea than being fascist, <laughs> and then like being swept up in the inevitability of fascism to get more extreme,
0: I guess. Yes. Um. Uh, I don't. I can't speak to whether the because like Horace is the it's he's the chaos guy in the in the future. He's like the biggest guy it's a lucifer situation okay um, i didn't
1: know that i i did i had no idea until you said I'm okay. like, i like yeah. i guess he was going to rebel and declare himself emperor, emperor and become the horus heresy but i didn't know that his heresy is like he embraces the chaos that makes a lot of the things in this book make sense yes yeah he
0: has a lot of stuff about like wishing that he had the approval of his dad the emperor
1: yes well i got um, that yes <clears throat>
0: that kind of thing um but like i don't know what the chaos ideology stuff is and if it's any different from the empire's like fascism it might be a purely like personal difference in which case it'll be a very like sith situation Mm -hmm. um i just have no idea like what is the the ideological difference between a chaos marine and a space marine
1: uh, they yes, just become I, I chaotic
0: know. evil, and they're like, ah, kill forever. I love killing.
1: Um, I assume it's very much like uh, an embrace of, um, like, the Space Marines are already. A, I mean, this book kind of like lays it out there. The Space Marines already represent the values of chaos. So, like, hmm. uh, by by like taking chaos into you as like a power doesn't like change your morality. It just like makes you more honest. Uh, which is you know many ways in which like everyone hates lawful evil characters more than chaotic evil characters. That's just a true fact of <laughs> role playing
0: if you're lawful, you get to be smug,
1: yeah
0: um, so in the second act well yes. as we're like dealing with some uh some downtime uh. First, Okay, the first thing that happens in the book is that um, Loken, after this fight, is invited into the Mornaval, which is a group of four guys in an informal structure who are Horace's, like... They're they're his dudes. They help him uh, command the Legion, as you mentioned. And in the second act, Loken is also invited to a brotherhood is that what it's called or like a a fraternity what is the
1: the the lodge
0: the lodge and he's like oh this is going to be some weird cult shit because he always thinks this is going to be some weird cult shit (laughs) um and he shows up and it's just a bunch of space marines going guys being (laughs) dudes we're we're having a boys night Uh, do you want to talk about your struggles or anything got you down lately? It's like, it's so funny to me that this is the grand evil that, like, the emperor has banned. And what it is is just guys hanging out talking about their feelings. Yeah,
1: I mean, so much of this book is about the rigidity of the empire is what causes it to embrace, like, religion as an evil, Um, which is its own very loaded idea it's deeply loaded idea like even though the book is critical of the space marines in this entire like it's about a fascist empire and does realize that everyone here is evil on some level it also believes that by embracing this like religious evil uh this like religious superiority it, they become inherently worse than the secular version <laughs> um mm-hmm. and and a lot of this is expressed by like the rigidity of the empire is what causes it to go down these roads it, you know it by not affording like um uh you know room for the the men to have these uh conversations and these secret lo- you know like they say about this this lodge has existed forever because the emperor doesn't understand like what it's like for the troops <laughs> on the on the frontier <laughs> he's <laughs> not a dude
0: he's like a god he doesn't get it
1: He's not a troop, man. The, the troop respect. The troop respecting in this book is off the <laughs> charts. This is just a book about how the Iraq War is bad, but because it like it did war when we should have done cultural imperialism, and because the the troops are being discarded.
0: <laughs> yes. Also, murder, sc- murder spiders.
1: Also, yes, it briefly becomes. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh that movie that I just forgot the title of Star Trek Star- Star- Troopers. Star- Star- Troopers yeah. Um But that the second segment's the weakest one because very little happens. It's mostly about how did you know in this uh in this war-driven army a lot of guys are selfish and bad commanders? Like, yeah, I yeah. could have told you.
0: Did you know that uh people who specialize in swords when everyone else has guns are just pricks? <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the th- the the third one has a lot more Horace in it, uh, a lot more of him reminiscing on his own bullshit. There's um this weird uh, Sagittarius thing, or like the people in the Interex. Like become centaurs, uh, and that like resonates with Horace's like childhood, if you can call it a childhood, because uh, he was told by the emperor that he was the Sagittar, the perfect warrior. Yes, uh, this um this weighs heavy on him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's so much heavy as the head that wears the crown shit with uh, Horace. <laughs>
0: My favorite part is at the end when it kind of like, like zooms out a little bit and it talks about Horace being like this moment of nobility would like resonate for years until even until the ages when Horace being noble was like completely forgotten or something,
1: yes. Like I, I assume that Horus is this disgraced figure embracing the chaos away from the pure good of the, uh, uh the Imperium, uh, and now we see him at his height. Um, and it's it, it's uh, it's interesting. I don't I don't really know. I don't really know what you're meant to take away from from your view of Horus, because like. His his nobility, right? The, the the version of him at his best is being a super sick head of uh, the genocide crusade. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but maybe he could have learned how to gently genocide. Right? He was like,
1: I, I want to do a Star Trek plot where like the Federation in in brings in a new race. Can we not? Can we not do that? And they're like, No, you're in Warhammer, dude. And he's like, Fuck. <laughs>
0: Can I uh, talk through this? No, we're going to fight you, and then they shoot him a bunch, or like they shoot him with an arrow, and he just like plucks it out. I was like, "All right, fine," but uh, let everyone know right now that this was not my fault. Don't put it in the <laughs> paper that it's my fault.
1: <laughs> uh, I re- I really liked the ending. I was like, it was like very effective when it all fell yeah. apart. I think it was well written. Um,
0: there was it- a lot of like tangible panic and like yes. Dismay in all of it, and it was just like, damn, it really could have gone differently.
1: Uh, but ultimately, my my biggest confusion is just like, uh, I think the Warhammer setting is really, really strange. And I understand, like, Warhammer is in a fraught political place, right? In that Mm -hmm. it is explicitly a like anti Thatcher leftist parody that is what is going on in Warhammer and Warhammer 40k. that has been almost entirely co-opted by just, like, by, you know, God Emperor Trump images are everywhere, right? Like, this was yes. a big discourse uh, a few years ago. Um, Games Workshop themselves have, like, are trying desperately to navigate this and <laughs> have all those people keep buying the things, but also, like, try to be, like, a modern representation-focused company. Um, yeah, they kids'
0: books. Right! They have Warhammer kids' books
1: which are like a third angle to this because there's the like this is a 2000 ad judge dread style parody of the values of uh british toryism uh that also slightly dips into thinking that the fascists are really cool depending on who's right yeah it. Mm-hmm. like that's that's the one side of things then you have the full embrace of like this is about uh these like heroic fascists with like some irony attached that we know it's ridiculous but still ultimately represents our views uh as we're going to make memes of them for our like current real leaders
0: the ridiculous part is like the aesthetic of it yes the like hyper um the the heightened reality of everything like that spaceship is a cathedral yes it's crazy
1: and it's like a like you know when they're doing the the, the Trump God Emperor fan up they they know it's ridiculous but it's also completely honest right There's like a double yes. irony there yeah. but then the we're trying to turn Warhammer into YA is a th- third completely different audience that <laughs> audience is a different audience of like progressive people or whatever than the leftist satire audience those are two distinct bubbles uh, so yeah. I, 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 I like. I don't know where Games Workshop is right now. I, I, their method seems to be like just shooting a lot of things at the wall and seeing what sticks, making a million video games, licensing out to everyone. Um, they seem to be doing better than Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, the, the faction that I most am interested in in 40K is the Tau, which are the blue guys. Um, they are the ones that have more mechs and guns than everyone else, and they're sort of... um. I remember, like, the joke being that they're for weeaboos. And unfortunately, what this means is that... Because weeaboos, because it's, like, an army of apple seeds. Um, What this means is that the audiobooks for the, like, two Tao books... All have really, really racist (laughs) accents. No! As you were saying that, I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, don't do it. No! (laughs) Yeah.
1: You said this was like an army of apple seeds, and I've got to say, these do not look like uh, Bryce from Appleseed at all. Like I get, I get why you would say that. They've uh, got the,
0: the ears.
1: Yeah, but they're also terrible, bulky BattleTech mechs. God, Western mech design sucks ass.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man, some of these are very bad. <laughs> yeah, they sure are. I was only remembering the heads, but yes. Um, do you want to talk about guys?
1: Um, I want to talk about guys in a moment. I just want to briefly go like back to uh, mm-hmm. just some of the the, the, the troop respecting here yeah. uh, that we touched on slightly earlier. Um, like one of the characters that this book uh, focuses a lot of time on, even though I would say he's basically irrelevant to the main plot, is Tarvik. Um, is it Tarvik or Tarzik? I forget the exact. Guys, there are, are a lot of, there are so many names. The the guy who is under Eidolon, Um oh. who is on on the spider planet watching his commander give these terrible orders uh but following them anyway. Um and right. like trying to politically Tarvitz. navigate. Tar Tarvitz. Tarvitz, thank yes. you. Um, Sol Tarvitz. Sol Tarvitz. Uh and like this guy is framed as uh very responsible. Uh, deeply respectful to his men Um, he values like not wasting lives but ultimately his um, like the the, the belief he comes to and the the way he wants to respect his men is to not send lives down there needlessly so that they can exterminate this alien inhuman Mm -hmm. menace uh, from from the skies uh, and the book understands to be like bad right like, the whole thing with the is they show up and go like why would you bomb look like, we recognize this race were dangerous so we like exiled them and like you know limited the planet so that they could have their own ecosystem without killing everyone but we weren't going to like do a genocide on them why would we even think to do that <laughs> um so the book understands this to be uh a uh thing you should not do but it is also deeply honest and invested in these like troop bonds right like the, when the guy is talking up his shitty commander the book absolutely wants you to be on his side yes um, and i just think navigating that is a uh, it's it's weird it's very interesting i knew this was the thing about warhammers that everyone loved the space marine even though they're like all evil uh and i get it like i also like the spartans from halo which are doing a similar thing yes, yes. um but i it's it's just a weird thing to navigate. So many, like, critiques of, um, critiques of, like, the systems of war that oppress people do this through the lens of and the American soldier is the most victimized person on planet Earth. <laughs> like, uh, it's,
0: it has a whole bit in this where, like, man, having a shitty boss sucks, but having a shitty commander that's even worse yes because he's like there's a whole thing after the fight where torgaddon the leslie nielsen character has to go (laughs) in and he's like pushing to figure out okay wait hold on you seem like you are the cool guy here and your commander sucks is that right and then he has to be like yes sir (laughs) it's true i was being humble but yes This man has no dick. (laughs) Yes. Um, Tor Gadden, I called him Leslie Nielsen because he's supposed to be the jokes guy. But most of his jokes seem to just be answering a question by lying and then saying the opposite and then saying the opposite again and then saying the opposite for real.
1: Um yeah more just more stylistically talking about this book um there's too much dialogue <laughs> uh, lo- a, a lot of scenes like we'll set up the scene and then we'll just have three straight pages of guys being dudes going back and forth uh and often it's fun because at least at the very least they are all of them talking in extremely what would you have me do voice yes um, <laughs> which you know you know we love that shit <laughs> uh i'll take it beyond corin horn trying to joke <laughs>
0: um, <laughs>
1: Uh, so I appreciate that, but I also was, was like, there, there's a lot of kind of repetitive and boring dialogue <laughs> of people.
0: There's a whole scene where a guy is trying to say the, catch line, the catchphrase of Warhammer 40k, in the grim darkness of the 41st millennium, there's only war. And it's just like, I don't believe this will ever end. In the future, there will be only war. And Logan's just like, no, that's, I mean, we've got to win eventually, right? <laughs> yeah just gets shut down
1: uh because lokan is the mournable let's talk about our guy let's talk about Loken G- Gavial Loken. logan he's a yeah. guy
0: guy watch he, he is a guy
1: we we will uh as this podcast goes on i'm sure we'll like come up with more segments or specific things to uh return back to in our podcast yeah. But one that we knew we had to have in this in this discussion is a uh, guy watch. We're checking in on our guys. So is is Loken your guy?
0: Logan is absolutely <laughs> my guy. I'm uh, looking at a picture of him for the first time, and I didn't think that's what he looks like. But you know, oh, I had a space I had a experience. picture of him in the book. <laughs> oh, okay. I was audio only, but.
1: Yeah, there were a you couple of black and white pictures in the book. Uh, but oh yeah, I'm looking moments. at the black
0: and white picture right now. He looks um, suitably generic.
1: He's so generic. He's just a bald guy. He looks like a footballer. <laughs> uh,
0: so Loken is invited to join the Mournival, which is a winning hand in a uh, the ancient game of poker from the old from old America. I was so deeply confused. Every time they would talk about the old world,
1: but in a Star Trek way, where they're talking about, like, the modern day, but I'm like, but you're Warhammer 40k, We didn't. there we were fucking orcs there, like, d- d- <laughs> did you go through modernity, was that a step on the journey, how are we gonna, I don't, I well, don't understand, I would love to know.
0: <laughs> I mean, oh, okay, so I need, to, I need to tell you about the God Emperor of Mankind a little bit, real quick. Okay. Um, is that he tried multiple different methods of uniting humanity- Uh, throughout the ages including being jesus before eventually uh deciding that the only way to actually unite humanity as one whole would be to become a big fascist empire
1: um please return to your initial statement earlier uh Uh become being jesus
0: yeah he was jesus
1: but there's no jesus there's already
0: orcs he was also uh the buddha
1: no, no, no! But like, how is there Jesus and Buddha in the way the world was already a fantasy world?
0: How do we get like? No, 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 no! no. Warhammer and fantasy and Warhammer Forty K are different universes.
1: You fucking kidding
0: me? No, they are completely distinct.
1: <laughs> I this whole time, this entire fucking time, till this ver- <laughs> till this very second, till this moment on this podcast, I'm reading this book and they keep like doing like references to things that were old on Earth, but like with slightly different names, and I'm like. Oh, is this like the what happened after four hundred years after Warhammer, and then they founded like, you know, the the whatever kingdom of Warhammer world? I don't know what the Warhammer countries are called, found, but that they just don't. They're, they're
0: not. They're just different. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they're different it, universes completely.
1: It's called Warhammer Forty K. The orcs have a K now. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I'm so mad, I want a refund.
0: <laughs> Did you pay for this book?
1: Yes. Oh, okay.
0: Um, T- I several looking...
1: several years ago on the Kindle store.
0: <laughs> <coughs> I looked up where this all... Because, uh, like, I knew that... Oh, well, my radiator's kicking on.
1: Mm. Uh, it must be a signal <laughs> from Chaos. Chaos is coming. <laughs> to infect this recording, Nora's been taken by Samus.
0: I, uh, I looked this up because I always knew that Warhammer existed. I didn't know what form it was in at the beginning. And Warhammer Fantasy was created because they were making all these minis for D&D. And they were like, when you play D&D, you only need a couple minis. What if we made it some way to sell more minis? Let's make a game where you use lots of minis.
1: Uh, and then they made $6 billion for this.
0: That's right. Then at some point they were like, what if we made more sci fi minis? What can we do with that? Let's make another thing. We'll call it Rogue Trader. No, Warhammer Rogue Trader. No, Warhammer 40,000 Rogue Trader. There we go.
1: I'm um, just in awe that Warhammer 40,000 is not 40,000 years <clears throat> after Warhammer.
0: Yeah, It's, uh, they're, di- they're different. Despite the fact that some of the Chaos Gods, I think, share their names. Maybe yeah, also. I knew
1: that Chaos existed in, in Warhammer, and I knew that Orcs existed in Warhammer. I knew, like, the factions could, like, kind of align. Um, because they're, they're similar ideas.
0: Yeah, the Eldar. The Elves.
1: Although they have similar names and share some characters and tropes, the settings of Warhammer 40k and Warhammer Fantasy are completely separate. For instance, the Chaos Gods, uh, Shanleesh in Warhammer Fantasy is not the same Leash that appears in Warhammer 40,000. The Emperor of Mankind does not exist in Warhammer Fantasy and Sigmar does not exist in Warhammer 40,000. Well, wasted my fucking time. Can't believe, <laughs> cannot believe this information I've learned today. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to distract like that. Uh, we Go back to what you were saying before.
0: <laughs> I don't remember what I was saying before. We uh, were talking about something. We got really off course The, the Mornival. The oh, the Mornival.
1: Yes, the Mornival. Yes, the so, Yes. So, Loken is one of the Mornival.
0: Uh I don't I don't fucking remember what I was saying. We
1: introduced we, whether Locum was a guy and whether he was we were introducing the Mournival. The Mournival as uh like um Horace who is the Warmaster, like the em- Emperor's uh Yeah personal presence while he's like on Earth doing his schemes. <laughs>
0: he's trying to master the warp.
1: Yeah, he's trying to master the warp. Um
0: and I assume fifty
1: other different plot things, <laughs>
0: <laughs> or nothing. This this could also be a thing where like you're not allowed to write about that guy.
1: Um, I just assume that a lot of like off-screen, uh, I, the Emperor's technically involved with every single chess gambit that goes on in the plot. Mm-hmm. Is my assumption, but I don't know because like I said, I clearly don't know shit about Warhammer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Mournivore were, like his main advisors, uh, and they exist kind of outside of rank they're not quite it's not like fully outside of rank like the lodge but it is a like broad definition of just you're on this council uh and you give him advice and specifically you are meant to give like questioning advice you're meant to criticize him you're meant to mm. criticize the imperium itself on some level um a Smith. a Nasmith uh and it's like it's just like the stuff that Horace is doing at the end of the book, where he's like, "Our mandate is to conquer the entire universe, but it didn't say that we could actually do that by killing literally every person we see." <laughs> uh, and it is basically attempting another structure through which uh, the Empire and specifically, you know, this this battalion of must, uh like of, of Horace's will uh, attempt to give itself leeway in interpreting and uh, engaging with like their dogma to um just be adaptable and criticize themselves and not just like full headstrong into stupid decisions and that's kind of logan's position
0: i like Loken a lot he's the main guy we have he's um he's way more pensive than everyone else he's all like he has um when he when he's invited to the Mornival. He goes to see um, the the iterator. I can't remember his name again. Cinderman. I should have it in front of me. Uh, he goes to see Cinderman, and after he finishes his lecture, he talks to him. And he's like, actually, uh, the qualities that make you unsure of whether or not you should join the Mornaval... Are the exact reasons why you are needed in the mortval because you let your human spark worry, and there's a lot of talk about as a so- as a soldier or as a weapon, do you have a conscience and he's like uh, i I show up and I do the violence, and I don't question it because it's already been considered by people above me. But I'm questioning it anyway. Yes, am I the asshole?
1: Um, yeah, it, it is. Um, you know, he he's one of the many characters that's both like suddenly start thinking is is doing all this murder super fucked up is being fascist evil, but are we not the in a like are we the baddies? But only in far as like are we the baddies because we have inefficiently, inefficiently organized our military presence in Iraq in 2003. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: it's kind of well, you know, obviously we need to have space marines we need to be space marines that's not a question
1: and to be clear this book wouldn't be better if suddenly he woke up and was like i'm a marxist now <laughs> uh, it's not the it's not the fact that he's like his perspective is a very liberal one that is the problem um it's the fact that like this I don't necessarily think this book lays the groundwork for why Loken, um, and Horace would question in the ways that they do. Uh, they've been believing in this, like, total fascist conquest, this crusade that's been going on for 200 years, slaughtering literally everyone that comes in their way. Um, I don't necessarily believe that, like, the doubts would be, are we the bad guys? Uh, I would assume if this was going to fall apart, it would fall apart in more in material ways. Um, it makes
0: me think that they haven't fought many humans then. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, the biggest thing is that this has post a huge campaign against orcs. And I guess maybe they haven't had that many, like, encounters with other humans and fighting other humans, and that's why... But, like, the seed of the problem for Loken comes from Mercedes, who just is a lady who shows up and asks, hey, why couldn't we just leave those guys alone?
1: hmm Yeah. And it's like, this is the first time that he's thought about this. Uh, and obviously, like, th- they have answers, right? Like, they have answers to that, and he just finds the answers unsatisfying. Um, but I don't think it necessarily does the best job at setting, like, the mental state as to why all these characters that have been in the culture that they've been in for so long would start believing the things they need to believe for the book's plot to occur.
0: (laughs) I was trying to figure out how old Loken is, and I can't...
1: He's like 200 years, right? Because that's how long they say the Crusade's been going on.
0: Yeah, the Crusade is in like... It's been about 200 years but I have to imagine he was created before that.
1: Yeah, I don't know, because, like, obviously he's immortal, um, and...
0: It's an a unintended side effect of becoming a space marine is that you're immortal.
1: Yes. Uh, but they're, like, immortal but disposable. Like, the only people who get to be immortal are those who get to be immortal are those that will be sent to die. Uh, so all space marines know they will one day die in battle. Yeah. Um... I it's like, look at our sick-ass honorable guys.
0: <laughs> I love clone troopers. Uh,
1: it It's kind of messed up how literally just a Star Wars prequels this is. Um,
0: <laughs> one ex- year after Revenge of the Sith.
1: One year after Revenge of the Sith. Uh, but it, unlike Revenge of the Sith, it's like all about the clone troopers. There's no Jedi. It's yes. just about yeah. the uh, the troops. Um so it's a very different perspective from the prequels at the time, though this would become a central perspective in a uh like the Clone Wars. But you know, the prequels themselves yeah. were also George Bush movies, even though like they hadn't raided Iraq by the time um uh, Attack of the Clones was out. Mm-hmm. Uh but it was dealing with similar ideas.
0: Uh are there any other guys besides Logan that stood out to you?
1: Uh well, as Horace himself who mm-hmm. they really try to make him a guy? I think they I think they push him too strong, uh, and I think they don't. I think they try to make him seem clever and like a super genius guy in a way yeah. that doesn't always work. For example, in Act Two, uh, he comes in, and all of his lieutenants are like you guys that fucked up this invasion are all losers and cowards, and you should be shot. And then he plays the peacemaker and says. Do not say this to them. They are honourable and a mistake has been made and we will correct it. Uh, And so obviously I'm like, well, obviously he told them to do that. Um, (laughs) Very transparently told them to do that. Uh, He's invented this brand new political manoeuvre called good cop, bad cop. that No one's ever (laughs) tried before. And then they they do that. And then that scene ends. All the other people leave the room and they spend three plate. Three pages explaining that he planned to do that. And wasn't that a genius idea? And how he can like manipulate them into feeling the shame they need but not blaming him for it. And I'm like, I fucking know, I was there, I read it. <laughs> uh so it was That's- some real like this book's a teenagers.
0: <laughs> I just wanted to be able to I somebody has to say that I want to shoot this guy. I it can't be me <laughs> but Um Yeah. Uh,
1: but, like, so Logan's the main guy, uh, Coxie's trying to be a guy, but I don't think he's in the book enough to really be a guy. Um, oh, the, 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 that guy, that, T- T- Tarvis is, uh, absolutely really want him to be a guy, but I don't think he's a guy. He's not my
0: guy. He is a very, very short page on the wiki compared to Logan.
1: He doesn't matter! He doesn't matter in this plot at all, but he gets, like, a third of the book about his, like troop drama and how, how terrible it is to be sent into battle by uh commanders that don't understand the like their their quest for glory is killing their men um it yeah that that is like the the peak of this book being like troop respecting nonsense so i'm like I, I get it there are better critiques to make
0: um so tarvitz only appears in this book and in a phone game
1: he doesn't even come back in the next Horus Heresy book? No. So here's the other thing. There are 60 Horus Heresy books. 60! <laughs> How
0: the fuck uh, does that happen? Well, no, I guess he might not appear in more books, but there is lore about where, what happens to him.
1: Okay. I but don't uh, know
0: where this comes from.
1: But. I just mean in general. There is so much... Horace Heresy, like it's a it's an entire section of popular Warhammer lore. yeah uh, even though it's got, uh, I thought when we read this it would be like five books, um, and it was like a single series. But no, it's like an it's an ongoing thing for decades.
0: Yeah, they like to drill down and be like, oh, this is you've heard of that battle? This is a four book series all about that battle.
1: So here's the other thing that we will the, we will. Explore throughout this podcast as we go between different uh, eras of sci-fi and like kinds of sci-fi. This is fully in the mode of, um, you want a book? We're gonna give you a fucking seven hundred page fancy novel. Uh, and often they're omnibuses, so actually, like the books themselves, are not that long. But like, this is a five hundred page fucking book. Uh, yeah, I don't think five hundred pages worth of stuff happened in it, but it sure went on that long. <laughs>
0: No, I don't think it needed to be this long. It was 12 hours long in the audiobook form.
1: Yeah. Um, I simply think that was too much people going back and forth, talking about stuff. I think there was too much dialogue. Uh, I think you could have spent more time in the characters' heads uh, and less time having back and forths. Um, though I don't mean to critique it too much. I mostly enjoyed it. I think it was very cap- uh, capable, uh, and I like thought the end was really good uh, as everything fell apart and you look at the tragic figure of noble Horace who wanted to find a way other than violence but couldn't because of the tides of history um i don't necessarily know at least from this book alone if warhammer can support that kind of story in the way i would want to like thematically um mm-hmm. i think one of the big I, thematic oh you, you, you got and i'll have my critique
0: i would just say uh don't get your hopes up for warhammer in general is my I'm, I'm not. Approach. I was just curious. <laughs> i had heard
1: of this one as like a good in, uh, uh-huh. and it could have been a lot worse. It's better than the Star Wars book we read. <laughs> uh,
0: That's for sure.
1: It's much better than um, uh, anything that Michael Stackpole wrote that I've read. Um, and it I'm definitely- confident definitely
0: saying it's just better than anything Michael Stackpole wrote.
1: And it definitely had gave me Thrawn vibe. I mean, Horace gives me Thrawn vibes. I right? have this like evil emperor. It's like he's so loyal and smart about running an army that he's actually cool. <laughs> um, uh, so it's in in that kind of genre. But the, the thing for me, I actually wanted to circle back to, as like, this is when I was like, oh, okay, you really don't know what you're talking about. It's when the tax collectors show up out of nowhere. Uh, so the tax <laughs> collectors show up, uh, and they start saying, Horace, you need to... Employ a mechanism to collect tithes and taxes from conquered worlds, and he's like, "We cannot do that. We have already conquered them and replaced their like government with ours, uh, mm-hmm. and they are like subservient to us. If we start collecting taxes, uh, they'll all rebel, and it will like undo all our progress." And that's what he says, and like, it doesn't really go anywhere because uh, he's just like, "I oh, delay them. We've got other shit to deal with," um, but uh to which obviously i the materialist asshole asks what the fuck are you doing colonizing them then like the whole point of expansion is it is for resources you expand for resources and uh, the resources make their way back to the imperial core to strengthen the imperial core to push the further frontier expansion that is what imperialism is beyond just having a map you go further on <laughs> Uh, no and it's this, about
0: reconnecting with humanity
1: yeah this this presents the like material urge to collect taxes uh and like the bureaucratic need to put all this system together as like craven and gross and shitty uh whereas it positions this like troop urge of expansion as something different like he's just following his orders to uh uh, create this unified humanity like purely culturally motivated right like it, it might be in the service of a bunch of genocides but it definitely posits that he's not doing it to steal from the like resort like natural resources from these nations uh which mm-hmm. is what imperialism is the, the definition of imperialism um and i thought that like bringing in the tax like was such a weird choice because it mostly works when you don't mention them and you like play in this like mythical realm of what the uh imperial like imperial man is doing um but once you bring in that like oh no there is like a class of people that are trying to do normal imperialism here uh and all the people doing the like the troops hate them because it's like the shitty you know in every um michael bay movie where like a guy from uh the dod comes in and tries to stop the troops doing that what they should be doing it just plays like that and i'm like this is embarrassing this is really bad like, that scene fucking sucked
0: They're not ready to uh, have the government be run by civilians yet.
1: Right. It's fully in the, like, the government bureaucrats don't understand what the troops see on the ground. Um,
0: It It used to be that the emperor was directly in charge of everything. And now we've got this Council of Terra, you know, all these guys who don't shoot guns every day, deciding what happens.
1: Um. Yeah. And, and it's very weird, uh, especially with like, uh, you get that, that scene. And the whole book is, again, it's all doing direct Iraq war parallel stuff, Um, but not like one to one. Uh, So I don't mean to like say that it should be one to one, but it does. It does misunderstand like a common Iraq war complaint, right, is that we didn't trust the soldiers and we tried to like force too much government on iraq and take too much control or whatever uh which is a very weird cr- critique because like when we went into iraq uh like they turned it immediately into the most like capitalist hell imaginable like denationalized all the industry american capital went in uh plundered all, all the money and resources um but it like in making this critique changes that which is like free market capitalism uh extracting wealth from a a, like a nation uh into a class of tax collectors taking money out like it 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 like turns what should be an anti-imperial critique of how actual imperialism is done and resources extracted into a uh you know um libertarian critique of bureaucracy and tax collectors other things that are uh gumming up the, the works of the pure soldiers and i'm like this 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 is really destabilizing the whole, like, my generous view toward the rest of the book. I think it, like, really puts it with an uncomfortable tone.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder yeah, how much I'd... libertarian weirdness is going to crop up in this podcast. I imagine... Oh, so much! So fucking much, but hopefully <laughs> in so many different ways. I hope there's multiple different types of weird gu- weird guys to run across.
1: Oh, we're going to get to Arthur C. Clarke eventually. Yeah. yeah. He's not. He's not really a libertarian. He, but he, he does have like every five minutes. He which seems randomly, like a weirdo. He is a weirdo. But uh, his thing is more like communism is against the human spirit, and we could never live something that perfectly because we would always corrupt it with our selfishness, um, which is a very common view uh, that completely ignores everything about how the world works. But it is a very
0: common view. <laughs> sounds like something he should tell to his priest. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah, I had a great time reading 2001 earlier this year. Or sorry, I guess that was last year.
1: Oh yeah, it's 2023. Welcome to January January podcast. A,
0: welcome to the new age. Uh, well, I don't think I have much more to say about uh, Horus Rising.
1: Um, that's fine. I I think I'm kind of done as well. We're over an hour. We can end this podcast whenever you want to. Um. I think I would say before before we wrap up. Normally, I assume we'll have an email segment, but this podcast hasn't been like super formally announced yet. So yeah, <laughs> no emails this time. Uh, it's the first episode. Uh, but uh, where can people send emails to if they want to?
0: You can send emails to exportaudio podcast at gmail dot com. Just put anomalous readings in the title.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, so if you want to email next time, what will we be reading?
0: Uh, you picked our next book, so what will we be reading? Uh, I guess I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, you technically picked two times in a row. That's fine.
1: Uh, we will be reading uh, The Demolished Man by Alfred Bester.
0: Yeah, I I have never heard of it until today, and uh, I'm looking forward to it.
1: I wanted to go far afield from a Dwarhammer book. I wanted to read a. Mm-hmm short classic sci-fi book that uh, everyone could read along with um uh we deliberately picked horace rising it's like oh a lot of people will have heard of that it'll be a good thing to tweet and advertise and get listeners into uh so this time i go going a different direction and uh pick something that uh was in a very different vibe uh and was easy to read along with and wasn't wasn't a 500 page fantasy novel
0: <laughs> and also it says here that it's a police procedural yeah it is yeah, it might, it might just be a cop book. It might just be a sci-fi cop book. <laughs> I can't c- believe me. that you picked a book that's described as a science fiction police procedural uh, set in a future don't. where telepathy is common.
1: <laughs> uh, it sounds like a great time to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah. Uh, In the meantime, you do other podcasts, I think. I think I've heard a rumor that you might be on another podcast or two.
1: I am. Uh, well, first of all, you can find me on twitter.com if you want to do that or co-host.org. Uh, Headfuls off on those sites. I'm on, I'm headfuls off on Linktree also. Just go to my Linktree. You can find any of the places I am. I guess I should advertise that. Uh, but podcast wise, uh, most of my podcasts are at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, go check them out. There's abnormal mapping, the game club, reptory screenings, our movie podcast. Um, and uh you can support them at patreon.com slash null mapping to get the Great Gundam Project for one dollar a month, uh Blockbuster five, uh Void Blef for ten, Great Gundam Project's are Gundam Watch Through Podcast. We're currently watching Gundam C, which is fucking terrible. Uh but we're also watching Dunbine, which is great. So, you know, good good time. Um But this isn't on a null mapping. This is a different podcast network.
0: It's on the Export Audio Podcast Network.
1: That's so true.
0: Yeah. You can support this network by going to exportod.io or patreon.com slash exportaudio. Give us a couple dollars a month. Uh, you will get a lot of podcasts in one feed, which I know a lot of people find more convenient. Uh, you also get most podcasts a week early, um, including things like Ornate Stairwells, um, Pondering Putan, things like that. Um the occasional episode of uh, uh, Attention Duelists, where I watch Yu-Gi-Oh! with Olivia, is also on the Export Audio Podcast Network. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at NeitherNora, at co-host at AshWorm, Ash with an E, Worm with a Y, and uh, st- find stuff I've done at norablake.online, Uh I also have an uh, Abnormal mapping podcast journal updated at the second best game club where molly and i play video games every month i think we uh we're playing pentiment right now and next month we'll be playing prince of persia for the super nintendo yeah uh that is gonna do it for this first episode of anomalous readings i hope you'll come back and listen to the next one as well Uh, And until then, keep watching the stars. That's not right. That's not the sign-off I wanted. Keep watching the skies.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Great job, everybody.
0: I did it.